0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord offers salvation to all foreigners who do righteousness. His house is a house of prayer for all nations. He rebukes Israel's irresponsible leaders. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 56, On simply the Bible.
0: In chapter 56, Isaiah continues prophesying to the Jewish captives in Babylon more than a century before they were even led away captive. When they first went into Babylon, God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and told them to settle down, that they should let their sons and daughters be married, and then they should seek the peace of Babylon, for they would be there for 70 years. But God would bring them deliverance through King Cyrus of Persia, who would issue an edict so that they could return to Jerusalem. Meanwhile, without the temple, how were they to serve the Lord while in Babylon? This chapter tells them what to do and opens the door for foreigners who would join them in worshiping the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah chapter 56, thus says the Lord, keep justice, and do righteousness for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Now they had gone to Babylon because they had failed to keep the Lord's covenant, his justice and righteousness. So God was calling them back to the covenant that he made with them at Mount Sinai. He said that his salvation was coming. Those who were keeping God's laws would be prepared when the edict came and they could leave Babylon to go and pioneer the new work in rebuilding Jerusalem. But sadly, out of all the Jewish captives, only a remnant, 50,000, would leave Babylon when the time came. Now, keeping the Sabbath day holy was one of the ways they could keep God's law while in Babylon. When God made the covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai, the sign of the covenant was the Sabbath. According to Exodus 31, 17, this was a sign between the Lord and the children of Israel forever. The Jews were rebuked for the careless way they treated the Sabbath during their wilderness wanderings and when they lived in the land. The Sabbath is the seventh day when God rested from his work of creation. The Sabbath commandment was never given to the Gentiles. In fact, from the first century, the church met on the first day of the week to break bread together and give thanks, for this was when Christ rose from the dead on Sunday. It became known as the Lord's Day. But for those Jews living in Babylon who were still under the Old Covenant, The Sabbath was the distinguishing sign that they were God's covenant people. And not defiling the Sabbath would help keep them from being assimilated into the Babylonian culture. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. God never before asked the Gentiles to join the Jews in keeping the Sabbath. But here he did so. In Deuteronomy 23, God had prohibited all eunuchs and certain foreign nations from coming into the assembly of the Lord. But now, by keeping the Sabbaths and holding fast to the Lord's covenant, foreigners and eunuchs would have the opportunity to become Jewish proselytes. The door of salvation was beginning to open to those people outside of Israel. Now, once foreigners were not the people of God, but now they could join themselves to the Lord. And to the eunuchs who kept the Sabbaths and held fast to God's covenant, he would give them a place and a name that was better than sons and daughters. You see, in that culture, it was very important to have children. And since eunuchs could not have children, God would make it up to them. He would be their inheritance and give them a reputation, a name that was even better than being a father. Back when the Lord first called Moses, he identified himself as I am. That means the self-existing one, but it also means that the Lord is the becoming one. So whatever it is that you need, he will become that to you. So the foreigners who needed to be a people because they were not the people of God, he would make them his own people. To the eunuchs, who were cut off from the Lord's assembly because of their mutilation in the flesh, and then also disgraced because they were childless, God would give them a place and a name better than children. He would become to them all that they lacked. Now, this continues even into the New Testament because we see in the book of Acts that Philip was sent by the Holy Spirit to the Ethiopian eunuch who had come to Jerusalem to worship the Lord and was reading the book of Isaiah in his chariot as he was going back home. And uh, Philip said, well, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how can I understand unless somebody explains it to me? And he was reading in Isaiah 53 what we just covered Uh, just earlier this week and uh, where it speaks of Jesus being crucified. And so Philip from that point in the scripture then talked to him and shared the gospel with him and he was then baptized. So you see the Lord even back here while they were still in Babylon was beginning to reach out to the eunuchs who had formerly been cut off from the assembly of God. Verse 6, Also, The sons of the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations." So this would be hope, not only for the foreigners, but also for their sons, their children, who would also desire to join themselves to the Lord to serve Him. They would have hope, too, if they loved the name of the Lord to be His servants. And that's really what it's all about. You know, it's all about God desiring to gather people from all over who will love Him. And that was the purpose of all of this, that God who so loves the world, would gather people unto himself. And so he says that he would bring them to his holy mountain, that is to the temple in Jerusalem, and they would be filled with joy and their burnt offerings and sacrifices would be accepted. Now, this would be partially fulfilled when they would return from Babylonian captivity, but it will be completely fulfilled in the millennial kingdom when God is going to gather all of the nations of the world and they're going to come to Israel worshiping the Lord there in Jerusalem. And what a wonderful time that will be when we are worshiping God literally in his presence in Jerusalem. And I'm getting excited. I'm actually going to Israel here, Lord willing, uh, in uh, a couple of weeks. So what a wonderful thing that that's going to be when we can all come together with all of the nations of the world to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, God says here that his house would be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus quoted this verse when he drove out the animals and overturned the tables of the money changers in the outer court of the temple. That was the court of the Gentiles, which if you were a Gentile, that was as close as you could get to... The Lord. Now, God's house was to be a house of prayer, but it had become a den of thieves and literally a zoo. And that is why God drove out all of the money changers and the animals because they couldn't worship the Lord there. Jewish antagonism toward other nations prevented the temple from ever really being a house of prayer for the nations. But the time is coming in the millennial kingdom when it will be that. Now, in light of Christ's return, which I believe will be very soon, I believe that the call of prayer is essential. The Lord's house is to be a house of prayer for all nations. I seek to make our church just that, a place where we can be praying for not only our nation, but for all nations, for revival for all nations. God desires that every tribe and tongue should lift up their voices To him in earnest prayer and that he would bring forth the bride of Christ from every tribe and tongue and people from throughout the world. Prayer is our means of uniting ourselves with God's missionary goal to bring people into the kingdom. And I believe it is also our way for being in tune with what God is doing in these last days. We are to know the signs of the times. We are to be aware of what is happening. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. So even as God would gather the lost sheep of Israel, he extends the invitation for salvation to all nations. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 9. All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. The watchmen should have been watching on the walls. They should have been aware of the times. They should have sounded the alarm and alerted the people. But instead, they were blind watchmen and dumb dogs that could not bark. They weren't doing their job. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his own gain from his own territory. They were shepherds who had no understanding of what was going on around them. They were too busy feeding themselves to genuinely care for God's people, and they were following their own way rather than God's way. Come, one says, I will bring wine and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. Tomorrow will be as today and much more abundant. And so they were getting drunk when they should have been tending the flock, living as though God's judgment would never come. And you know, we are warned about this in the New Testament as well. Paul warned the Ephesian elders to take heed to themselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit had made them overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased for his own blood. That means we need to be watching out, knowing the signs of the times, the days in which we live, watching for wolves, watching for those who would bring false teaching into the church to deceive the church and those who would gather the disciples after themselves to ruin them. We need to be good watchmen. Unlike these leaders who were irresponsible, whom God rebuked. And even if we are not a leader in the church, we need to all watch and pray so that we don't fall into temptation in these last days.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Next week, we will return to the book of 2 Kings. We hope you'll join us as we study, teach, and apply God's eternal word on Simply the Bible.